Fucking, I I hate lawn care culture so much. It's so. <laughs> I dumb. mean, lawns themselves are are really bad. I mean, oh, it's, it's it's really terrible. bad for the environment. It's. That's it, it, literally the first time I've ever heard anybody actually say lawn care culture. But you know what? That's actually what the fuck it is. <laughs> I mean, we all we all know what that means. That's a dog whistle oh. right there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. They they made uh they made whole episodes of the Adventures of Pete and Pete about this. I mean, there's oh, there's a thing yes. there. Yeah, the the competitions within the neighborhood and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like no, I it's it's bizarre. That was, like sitcom humor. I was like, well, people aren't really like that or whatever. No, nah. they are they are like that the most. And yes. if you are not like that, you are looked down upon as man living not in, living in the suburbs. Living in the suburbs does weird things to people. You start to care about all sorts of stuff that doesn't actually matter, but it is very much a like a prestige thing. Mm-hmm. I guess everyone's worried about the the value of their property, but also, I mean, it, it, I don't know. I, I would like to own a house in the suburbs and just build the whole thing in with shrubs, uh, like right down next to the to the the sidewalk. The way that you have in cities and like literally every other place in the world except for America. Mm-hmm. People around what? here try to grow like tomatoes and stuff in their front yards, and people would get fucking pissed and like try to like have that like condemned and be like, "That's against the law to grow right to grow in your front yard or whatever." Which is well, so and that stupid. that never works. That never works because those people then take to social media. And you end up with this giant shame campaign against the what if it's the city or the homeowners association or whatever, and they always end up backing down, which they should because people should be able to use that land for something productive. Mm-hmm. I agree. We covered a story about that. People actually got reported because they um, grew a vegetable garden in their front yard, and yeah, the <laughs> the city actually came in and fined them. How dare they? Like, right. Oh, what? Using lawn space for something productive that makes food? Using land that you have paid for to do what you want to do on it. I mean, that's... Absolutely not. Not American. That is is literally the most American, like, libertarian American thing. And yet, uh, because it's it's stacked up as this, like, uh, environmentalist versus, I don't know Mm -hmm. what, capitalist thing... Um, you don't you don't see a lot of libertarians like going to bat for people who want to grow you know an onion and garlic patch in their front yard, right? Yeah, you forget you know the lawn care g- lobby is you know it's huge. <laughs> you can't hurt the lawn care industry. It's the backbone of our of our economy of our modern <laughs> suburban economy. Yeah, big big so- seed, big bluegrass. Big bluegrass. I like it. Um, so fun story. When I was in foster care, uh, one of the families was a Republican white family from the suburbs. And their neighbor was quite possibly an undocumented immigrant from Mexico. <laughs> but he worked for a landscaper and he would do all their yard work for free. Like he would come and like aerate their lawn and like, 
give that, you know, like fertilize mm. it and all that shit. So they're like, we're just not going to report him, even though it, the illegals <laughs> oh, are Man. against our morals, but we're going to let it slide because he made our lawn look nice. Doing the hustle. Yeah. People <laughs> well, are it- totally opposed to, uh, you know, immigration until they need their fucking yard landscaped. Or, like, they're right. roof redone, and then they're like, well, you know, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes. Or, or they you, need something done in a restaurant, okay. you know, they need a, they want to buy beef, they want to stay in a hotel room. <laughs> eat eat a know. fruit, you know, just, you know, shit like that. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges. Joining me as ever in Omaha, Nebraska is my friend and very good co-host, Brendan Williams. Brendan, how you been? I'm doing good, man. I am ready for summer to be over. I'm officially done with it. Let's, let's get it's rid of it. It's been very hot. It's not even as hot up there as it is down here. Yeah, I started to, you know, get those pumpkin spice fumes wafting over the horizon <laughs> and i was like oh it's people time people are talking about people are already making pumpkin spice jokes on twitter yeah. it's like guys it's it is <sighs> august it gets earlier every the gun year here. it does it does <laughs> and we have a special treat for you tonight uh joining us from chicago illinois the host of the black podcast Phoenix Kalita, Phoenix, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us on such short notice, too. <laughs> no worries. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. No, this is great. Uh, I think we have plenty to talk about tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly, I want to I want to jump right in, actually, on topics, because we brought up Twitter, and Twitter has been going through some, uh, some shakeups in the past couple <laughs> of days. Uh, mm-hmm. has, has that been... Has that been affecting either of you in any way? Have you been previously banned and now you're trying not to get banned again? Um, I have actually, this is going to sound fucking wild, but I have never actually been banned from Twitter. They once told me to delete a tweet because it got reported so many times. Right. But um, I actually have a pretty clean slate on Twitter, so I'm okay. Um, I have noticed, however, like my follower count is fluctuating like, anywhere from 10 to 50 people every hour right like i'm either gaining or losing like it's wild i was like oh uh, all right did i say something unpopular oh wait no y'all are back again what happened yeah no i (laughs) I haven't been able to tell if that's uh i i think there are a couple of things going on i think that they they did this big so so background for the listener anybody who's not Mm -hmm. on twitter all the time uh twitter has decided to go through this new round of uh, content curation where people who were previously permanently banned from Twitter who then came back with an alternate account are now being mm-hmm. all banned. And that includes way more people on the left, as far as I can tell, than people on the right. Right. Uh, so those of us on the left who are on Twitter are watching our follower accounts kind of dip and then come back. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to tell whether those are account the the ones coming back if that's accounts being reinstated after this uh this ban wave that caught them unfairly or if it's maybe everyone's just kind of circling the wagons at this point um i think it's probably a little bit of both right 
Because there are some people who, and I think that's like part of the conversation too, is to get banned on Twitter, it's not like you necessarily have to do something offensive. You just have to be reported enough, you know? Right. You have to have offended somebody or some group. Right. Like, it doesn't even, like, and that's the thing, like, you didn't even have to necessarily curse. You didn't have to say anything that was, like, untrue. You just had to piss off right-wingers, which is not hard to do. So lots of people do stay getting banned because of what they say. Um, And, you know, they do try to come back to keep talking. And now, you know, Twitter's locking them out. But it's just, it's interesting to me to see the things that people do get banned for. It reminds me, honestly, a lot of Facebook. Um... Like, currently on Facebook, if somebody says something like, uh, white supremacy is real, you get a 30-day ban on Facebook now, you know? <laughs> right. But it's like, you're like, really? That's what we're doing? <laughs> like, rape culture exists. Oh, look, I got banned, you know? But it kind of feels like Twitter is uh, taking on, like, the Facebook qualifications for what hate speech is. Yet, ironically, um, every day I scroll my newsfeed, I see nothing but, like, anti-Semitism and racism and ableism and whatever else, but, you know. It's yeah, not absolutely. the left wing and they're not being mass reported. Like that's yeah. the thing, is that they're not being mass reported. Right. You've got <laughs> you've got one million tiny accounts with a Pepe avatar who are talking about dropping leftists out of helicopters or uh, dehumanizing trans people or talking about mm-hmm. how we need to export all people of color from from the from the country. And because they only have eighty followers and nobody is listening to them, they don't get mass right. reported. Whereas if you are a, a higher profile account that says something like "turfs are bad." Uh, right. The you know people do there there are big groups of people who will find that tweet, they'll mass report it, they'll say that you're encouraging violence, you get your account suspended, and then if you try to make a new one, now apparently Twitter. This is where they've drawn the line: is if if you broke the rules that our robot is arbitrarily enforcing in the past then you can't be on here anymore right and of course like the wild thing to me though is they give you the opportunity to delete it so that you don't get banned but even people who have deleted it uh previously are still getting banned now so what was even the point (laughs) well the rules are so that it can be so arbitrary that they can just not be accountable to any standard right i mean that's really the goal mm-hmm. is to just create enough obfuscation that it's like you know we ban people sometimes so you can't say we're not doing anything but we don't do it in a consistent enough way to really be able mm-hmm. to be held accountable for doing it poorly um well it's because right. they don't actually have any values in terms of content um right. jack the the guy who runs twitter and apparently all of their big admin team they're all these libertarian free speech absolutist tech bros who think that really the the uh, the best take that i saw recently was that jack is that guy sitting at the table that's like patriarchy isn't real come debate or c- come change my mind and he thinks that everybody <laughs> else is like that also and that's not the case they they have no values in terms of what can and cannot be said um, even up to and including, and we'll we'll circle back around to this, I'm sure, even up to and including literal threats of violence like Alex Jones did. You know, mm-hmm. you've got all of these leftist accounts disappearing off of Twitter when right. Alex Jones literally called for his listeners to take up guns and stand at uh, stand at City Hall and shoot leftists who are being sworn into office because they're trying right. to take over the country, and he gets a seven day suspension. 
Right. And, you know, like, to what's think about it me, so- and think maybe he'll change his, you know, his mind and his rhetoric. Right. If, with the seven day timeout. Yeah. What is what, it works for toddlers? What? Um, <laughs> not really. But, you know, no, not really at all, actually. <laughs> but, you know, like what's wild to me about um, the promoting violence thing is, you know, I have my Twitter account now and that is, um, you know, just where I share like my ideas. I promote the podcast and things like that. Um, but I used to have a sex work account on Twitter, and ultimately I had to delete it because I was being followed by somebody whose at was Jack the Ripper, who Yikes. made it his like mission to like nonstop send me pictures of the actual Jack the Ripper victims and like dead sex workers and like pictures of guns and knives and like where are you working tonight can i meet up with you and like Jesus. like that yeah like it was like and every I, I reported him and i of all people got uh suspended on that account because i got sick of it because they wouldn't um take his stuff down you know and so like i retweeted one of his re- retweets and i was like just cussing i was like you know like look at this fucking bullshit like twitter's not doing shit about this and like look what the fuck he's saying to me like that and i actually caught um a like I, th- I think it was a two week um, ban for that. So, so, so literally, yeah. <laughs> who that was was Jack, the guy who's in charge of Twitter. I think that's, that's clear. Like, yeah. The evidence yeah, that's, is there. That, that's the account that he uses when he gets all all hopped up on like Ambien and whiskey, and, and hops <laughs> on the. Whiskey, you yes. know, that's that's yes. Jack's alt. That is probably Jack's alt. Yes, but yeah, like that was just wild to me. So it's like someone's literally saying, "I want to come kill you," and that doesn't violate your. Terms of service? Okay. All right. That's cool, I guess. <laughs> well, and that's what's so... Go ahead, Brennan. It's so easy for people, you know, probably like Jack, who's like, well, yeah, I get that too in my inbox or whatever. Like, I don't let it bother me. It's like, because you're a freaking billionaire, dude. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, of course. It wouldn't bother... Yeah, if I lived in a gated community, it wouldn't fucking bother me either. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you know? Yeah. But he's like, he's like, it's all equal, right? We're all equal, right? I'm a billionaire and I get hate threats. So if you're just some, you know, random minority and you get death threats, then, you know, hey, whatever. We're all the same. Like, isn't that great? And it's like, no, like, it's so easy for people like me to just be like, well, I just don't see the hate on Twitter because it doesn't come find me. You know, I got to go seek it out. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's not like that for everybody. Some people don't have to seek it out. It, it finds no, them. No, you're right. And that's, I mean, that's the problem with, uh, it, like, classical liberalism really is the belief that we're all individuals living in a perfect meritocracy where mm-hmm. everybody is subjected to exactly the same kind of pressures and influences all the time and that we don't live in a society that where a threat by person A against person B carries exactly the same amount of weight as a threat by person B against person A, because you're right. not taking into account any of the other societal contexts that may go mm-hmm. along with that. You know, if it's a if it's a trans person who's already marginalized in their community, if it's a if it's a black person who's getting dogpiled by a bunch of white supremacists, you know, like I think Jack literally does believe that everybody is exactly the same. And the, the the hate mail that he gets, the guy's got four million fucking followers, right? right. So, of course, he's going to get hate mail. But he's also, like you said, Brendan, he's super rich. He's protected from this. Right. He literally he, has, he never has like, hundreds of people on his staff to, like, check his hate mail and determine, you know, what is, you know, serious and what, you know, needs to be acted upon. And he has that choice, whereas nobody else on the platform 
has as much, you know, resources and depth to analyze the hate tweets that they get than Jack, you know. It's the least of his problems. And so we've seen our follower counts dip and come back and dip again as people get banned for, uh, you know, like, you, you can get... You can get more easily banned. I think I tweeted about this. Something like you can get more easily banned at tweeting at uh, like the Reese's official account that like the real pieces are my balls than you can <laughs> by actually sending a violent threat to uh, another, uh, you know, another user to right. a person, you know, using using sending Holocaust imagery to a Jewish person or something like that. Um, you know, maybe you can report that. Maybe one person can report that. And at some point, someone might look at it and maybe tell them to take that down. But yeah, it's it's been a mess. Mm-hmm. Did you see that, uh, that Charlottesville uh, Matt Kessler white supremacist guy who got yelled at by his dad was also saying like... <laughs> These people have been brainwashed by anti-German propaganda on the History Channel. Yeah, literally just watching History Channel documentaries about World War II. <laughs> it's like, those episodes of Pawn Stars really turned me against the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't even figure out what they were talking about, because as far as I can tell, the History Channel hasn't... That that was the joke back in the like mid two thousands that all the right. History Channel played was World War Two documentaries. Now it's all it's a uh, like, like ice road Lakers. truckers yeah. and like Alaska right. homesteader stuff. Yeah, somehow the History Channel became like the MTV of news. Like I don't <laughs> like I, I'm old enough to remember when MTV played music videos. Like that was a thing. Like, all the time. It had, and I don't know what the fuck is happening now. But, yeah, I remember when History Channel actually used to have, like, really cool documentaries and you could just spend all day watching it. And now, I don't care about, what, uh, fishing and truck drivers hey, look, and the, bloggers. Uh, the, the, and... The, Alaska, the Alaska Homesteader one is really interesting. Is that about uh, Jules' it, family? From like, uh, yeah, it's it's something like that. I mean, you you have to overlook the fact that these people are all like multimillionaires. So it's like, are they going to have enough wood chopped for the winter? And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if they do or not because they can just leave and go stay in a hotel over the winter if they need to. But <laughs> they can just go on tour with. Wait, Jewel. is that the is that the one where they um like there was like a young couple who for some inexplicable reason other than the fact that cameras were rolling was like. Oh, all our food is freeze-dried. We want something fresh. Let's go ice fishing. And they were, like, <laughs> huddled up together, like, under a fucking kayak or some shit. And, like, it's so cold out here. And, like, <laughs> and, like the, the narrator guy's like, in Alaska, it can be up to negative 40 degrees. If they don't reach heat in the next 15 minutes, frostbite could be a potential problem. Yeah. I'm like, y'all niggas right. gotta stay the fuck home! You have right. food at home! What are you well, doing? Well, also... Also, it's so it's so artificial when you know that there's a giant film crew there who also have all of their trailers and stuff. That these people could literally walk like twenty feet away <laughs> and like get hot chocolate inside Crap of a heated tent or something. Yeah. Uh, no, my favorite part is oh. that that literally, their all their money comes from being related to Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Which good on Jewel, you know? I mean, she she genuinely did live the homeless life. 
She was living out of her car. She got discovered. It was a, it was absolute rags to riches story, and I have no problem with her supporting her family. But on the other hand, like they're not doing that work. You know, they they right. just have money now. Dude, I hate Jewel because Jewel's like the excuse that they could tell homeless people now. But like, well, Jewel did it, so. Like, what, what's your problem, you know? Jewel, <laughs> Jewel's got her own reality show. Like, what are you doing out here? Yeah, she ruined everything, man. <laughs> she used to be so cool with her poetry. Now she's all corporate with her, with her History <laughs> Channel shows. I think the main thing I remember from that Alaska show was uh, them talking about they had to slaughter a turkey, and the guy decided to use a katana. I was like, yeah, that's that's what? a thing that that's a thing that most people who are homesteading in Alaska well, have on hand. That's that's like a Sarah katana. Palin sounds some kind of stuff. So <laughs> you know, if it's good enough Wait, for the wasn't, governor, wasn't there some video of her like trying to where she's like, I go hunting all the time, and then like she took like eighteen shots to hit an antelope or some <laughs> shit. Like those things aren't huge. Yeah. <laughs> There was a great, there was a great shot where she was like, "I'm gonna pardon this turkey because I'm the governor or whatever," and then they're like, "Oh, hey, got some questions," and she just like took two steps to the side and started giving an interview while the guy's like, "All right, the photo op's over," and just grabbed the turkey and like started cutting its head off right behind oh, her. Oh, so great! Wow, <laughs> that's so Sarah Palin though. Oh, that's definitely on brand. But wait, what's her face that's defend was defending her? I forgot the other Twitter episode that's happening. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Russians? let's uh, actually, I yeah, let's uh, let's take a little break because there has been more uh, Twitter politicking going on uh, that we should absolutely cover. But yeah, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with that. This is our Okay. Oh my goodness, it weighs a ton. All right, good. Okay, good job. Good job. But while one filthy bird found freedom, courtesy of the governor, his fellow turkeys were not so lucky. Now, we've made every effort to sanitize the video of what happens next, but you still might want to consider getting the kids out of the room right now and anyone who's a little squeamish about where Thanksgiving dinner comes from. Are they gone? So this other Twitter mess is about a gal named uh, Amy Siskind. Siskind? Siskind. Siskind. Siskind? Amy Siskind. Sis does it matter? (laughs) Like all things labeled sis at the front. Does not matter. (laughs) So to introduce her, she's one of the hashtag resistance um, has really been mm-hmm. big on Twitter in the past two years, talking about very much one of those, like, Mr. President, sir, this is this is beyond the pale, sir. You know, history is watching you, sort of people. Uh, but when you dig into her background a little bit, you find also that she was, for instance, promoting Sarah Palin for president, not just for vice president, but for president. What was the thing that actually caused the uh, the hashtag resistance to turn on her. For some reason, she had the audacity to make a tweet saying something about, like, neo-Nazis marching is Trump's fault because before Trump was in office, neo-Nazis or white supremacists never marched publicly <laughs> in America. Not once. Which is so demonstrably <laughs> false. Uh, it's so easy to just search 2014, Nazi March, 2013. And Uh and somebody actually did do that. They went back and found... I did that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Somebody. Some crazy person. Somebody. 
somebody, somebody like like our guest on the show right now. Although I am certain I was not the only one who did that. I'm certain I was not the only I one. I just got this fire hose of tweets that I'm ingesting all of the time. I, I lose track of what the sources to are. To be fair, he did a help. I'm not saying it was all him, but he he did his own part. You know, he did his part. He was in there. It wasn't right. like he did nothing. He he definitely right. helped him along. Find people on both sides. I think her her overall point was something like that, that Trump has enabled or empowered people who held these opinions to finally feel like there was a social movement for them and they were going to come out and actually do marches like Charlottesville or like the uh, what's that one like Patriot Prayer that happened in oh the patriot prayer circles in portland right, right. and uh you know the proud yeah. boys unite the right to even united or or whatever <laughs> i guess didn't, didn't seem like it really worked out that great for him <laughs> well that was that was hilarious too they ended up quitting even before the march was supposed to start because only like 20 people showed up. So my favorite part of that is now right-wingers are like, ha, Kessler owned the left by pretending (laughs) to put on a Unite the Right (laughs) 2 when they knew nobody was going to show up, and Antifa showed up like some punks, and now they look stupid because they were ready to fight Nazis who was at home chilling. That's what they're saying. Nothing looks dumber than showing up with like 3,000 of your friends to make a strong uh, a strong political <laughs> statement and have the news cover you for a week. Also, it's fucking delicious that Kessler is trying that. What happened was Jason Kessler got trolled by somebody who didn't want him to be at the, the rally, said that he was a bus driver, and then was like, oh, sorry, dude, I got... I got detained. I got detained for eight hours in a black site. <laughs> the deep state got me. It's amazing that Kessler now wants to try the tack of, you know, like, actually, this is a big trolling maneuver when there's a video of him not being able to get there. If it was, that would actually right. be a great idea. Like, if it was intentional, because the potential is there. All these cops were there to protect, like, the 12 racists. And there's, right. like, a crowd of 3,000 people who were like fuck racists and the cops were like whoa everybody you know back up like let's not hate racism too hard everybody's got a right to be racist back off if that was their goal it would have been smart but you know it's clear that that was just the best that they could pull out of this debacle yeah i mean yeah as if the fash doesn't love the police though as if as if they haven't been trying to infiltrate police departments, ICE, the armed forces for years now, Mm -hmm. you know, like why it it doesn't even make sense on that level because it makes all of the people on their side look bad. I I don't see how, you know, we were going to have a rally and we were dwarfed by people who came out to tell us to eat shit. I, I don't see how that makes anybody look good. Well, you're, you're just dragging everyone down well, with you, you know? But, you know, my favorite thing about that, though, is, okay, so even if they were trolling, which they weren't, but, you know, for the sake of argument, they were trolling. So what? Y'all got a, how many thousands of Antifa members to link up? Like, you think they didn't exchange information? They're not oh, yeah. talking right now? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right. Do you think people didn't walk away with new friends and ideas and tactics? Yeah, like, and, and people, were, right. people were sharing Antifa tactics online in the 
like weeks leading up to this rally, anticipating that. Mm-hmm. I mean, because because like the Proud Boys were doing it too, right? They had their little diagrams that were going around about how like this is how you separate someone from the group so you can beat the shit out of them. And they were they were talking about zip tying people and then right. hauling them off to the cops. Yes, the zip ties. You yes. know, so like there were tactics exchanged on both sides, and ultimately, I think the left came out looking a lot stronger after Charlottesville because yeah. after Unite the Right. Part two, you had a bunch of people who were mobilized by the events of Charlottesville, and mm-hmm. now they're a bigger community and they're much more aware. Um, there was a there was a post on of all fucking places the terrible Chapo Trap House subreddit the other day, <laughs> where where people oh. were sharing their stories and there were people saying like it's been the events of the past couple of years. It was it was Charlottesville. It was the inauguration riots. Mm-hmm. You know these things where I finally saw laid out in front of me exactly what the abuses of the state are and how they empower these people who would punish or persecute. Uh, marginalized communities and I don't stand for that anymore and that was what that was what started bringing me to the left and I think that's a I think that's a really powerful thing for for even a shitty forum like that to be having that discussion you saw literally like 2,500 3,000 people show up to the unite the right part two because now people are starting to recognize this as a genuine threat no I absolutely agree and I think that it's um well one level like almost regrettable that had to come to that for people to realize but at the same time I am glad that people are finally realizing you know because it's like it's I mean I get it if you haven't been one of the groups that's been um consistently marginalized and uh, under pressure and being attacked it sounds crazy like literally like out of touch with reality distorted to be like no literally this is what they're doing to us like no they're not and then all of a sudden the footage comes out and they're like whoa Right. I mean, I I think this is all completely artificial. Like we started the show off with, you know, talking about the the issues that people who live in the suburbs care about, like lawn care and how their schools get funded. And when people say like, no, they're actually beating us up in the streets, they're actually they're organizing online harassment campaigns that feels all very Mm -hmm. fake. And especially people start to make legitimate comparisons to say what Germany was like before the Nazis actually took power and they go oh that's you're you're that's a literary reference but this is all mm-hmm. overblown this is a very you're being hyperbolic yeah exactly and so then when they see the actual abuses and they see Heather Heyer and another dozen or so protesters get mowed down by a car at Charlottesville it's much harder to ignore at that point You know, and that reminds me, like, to a certain extent, like, in the early 90s, um, like, you know, black people obviously have been talking about police brutality forever. Um, Latino communities have been talking about police brutality forever. But, you know, people really didn't believe it happened. And then, like, they had to see Rodney King. And they were like, holy shit. They 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 did that. Yeah, they do that. (laughs) We've been trying to tell you, you know. But it's like, it's like, yeah, like on one level, it's unfortunate. Like some people just won't believe the folks who are speaking. But at the same time, like, I feel like we're in a certain way, almost like blessed to be living in such a digital age. Because it's like, I can Facebook live this. I can live tweet this. I can, you know, periscope it. I can, you know, make a Snapchat video. I can put it on Instagram. Like I can get it out there and prove what we're saying, you know, like it's undeniable at this point. It really is. Even with uh, with Rodney King, there are people who will try to bring 
bring up as a talking point the race riots that happened in the mm-hmm. aftermath of that. And all you have to do is say, okay, but did you see the original right. video? And that, like, that that will shock people back into remembering, like, oh, this actually had a legitimate right. foundation. There was actually a thing that people were genuinely and legitimately pissed mm-hmm. off about. It makes it a lot harder for the right, for the fash, for the Proud Boys or who, whomever mm-hmm. to make this case that, you know, it's actually the leftists starting the violence when there's a video of a car plowing through a bunch of counter protesters who were just standing around with signs. Right. And then, of course, you know, you can go to their accounts. Like, here's here's their account of saying, this is how you do um, uh, a citizen's arrest. This is how you tie right. someone up in zip ties. This is how ProPublica is really good about it. Uh, Unicorn Riot is really good about it. About getting, Hell like, yeah. infiltrating them and finding their stuff. And like, hey, look, here's literally... 6,000 private messages they sent between each other about the best guns to use to kill people, you know? Right. Yeah, so it's like, it's there, you know? It's also amazing how bad their OPSEC is. That <sighs> all of these groups, are they're so eager for new inductees yeah. that everything that they do gets publicized mm-hmm. because there are all sorts of people who are working on that the Antifa side right. who are like, yeah, I'll... I'll I'll jump down that well and yep. I'll bring back all of the, the information that's going to be useful to actual comrades out there. Absolutely. And they're just so fucking bad at this, which is hilarious because they fetishize the military and, uh, you know, as as much as they argue against the deep state, they love the intelligence agencies. They They, they love to believe that they're some kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all... Uh, super soldiers in the like anti, you know the, the <laughs> yes, QAnon yes. army or whatever. Like it's extra hilarious to me because I think that is where literally they believe the talking points of their rhetoric of like the master race and you're inherently smarter and better and faster <laughs> and they're like we don't have to be careful because we're just smarter and it's like hmm <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what's that, <laughs> the thing where, like, stupid people don't recognize... Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect, yes. The Dunning-Kruger effect. Yes, uh, that that is them. Phoenix, you had a really interesting perspective about this, though, and about how this whole movement of, like, block them, get them kicked off, deplatform them, like, ban Alex Jones, it actually could have, like, a, a huge backfire effect because it takes those conversations that they're having with each other about how racist they are about all the horrible crimes that they want to do. And it takes them from publishing them in a way that other people can see them and be like, Oh, this is horrible. We, we need to figure out like how to prevent this to -hmm. them going back and hiding. Right. And saying, Oh, well, we're getting kicked off Twitter. You know, we'll go on Nazi Twitter where, you know, you have to, no one can see our tweets unless you prove that you're a Nazi or whatever. We're on right. the dark web where it's really hard to get to us. You got to download extra software. And mm-hmm. then it's a little bit more difficult for people to keep tabs on like, hey, the Nazis are like planning to do this. They're planning to have these violent rallies. And these are the tactics that they're trying to use. And I'm not upset about the idea of Nazis being kicked off Twitter. Like, that's not my beef. My beef is just that before you kick them off, make sure you keep um, an archive of everything they ever fucking did. Right. So like every tweet they sent about, you know, the Jews, this, the Jews, that the Negroes, the blacks, the Asians, the whatever, the Mexican, whatever, the gays, whatever. Yeah. The refugees. Right. Yes. Yes, like, you need a record of everything they said, 
And not only to be like, this is why they are being booted from the social media site is because they said this, but also so it's like, this is, these are the people on the watch list. Like if you know these people or you know how to access these people, follow them throughout social media and see what they're doing. If you can access and infiltrate their private groups, do it and bring it back to us, right. you know? But don't just like delete them. And like, this is part of the problem with like Alex Jones recently. People are now debating, did he get kicked off Facebook because he said he wanted to kill Robert Mueller and shoot him? Or because he said to set drag queens on fire. Now, he said both of those things. Right. Right? But now we're like, they deleted all the videos. We don't know which one was the one. Right? And now you're looking stupid because you don't have the evidence. Right. Right? Because nobody archived it. And, like, I'm not upset about things being deleted or people being banned. But please keep the receipts. Please. Right. And that's important. Well, and it's to Alex Jones's benefit to obfuscate that it actually benefits him absolutely all of the history of all the ridiculous make the frogs gay and all that stuff goes back because then his followers can just say anytime you accuse him just say well he never said that and then you're like well i'll prove it oh they took all his videos down so they took it away now i have to have alex jones subscription and give him money to prove how racist he is or whatever yes it's it's not a good system i'm gonna do this one more time and it's just that Alex Jones was not wrong about there being atrazine in our surface water. Okay, that is genuinely a problem. But uh, I, I think what you guys are describing is there's there's sort of this spectrum, right, where if everything is out in the open, then everybody is aware of it and they can observe it and they can keep the receipts and they can uh, pass it around to other people who are going to oppose it. And then at the opposite end of the spectrum is when these people have been so socially ostracized that it's really just gotten back to the point of them sitting around at their like weekly poker game and uh, mm-hmm. using the N word a bunch. Right. And then there's this in between zone that might actually be kind of dangerous where they get smart to like, okay, we can't use social media, but we can absolutely go on gab. We can go right. on vote or whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. use those apps where it like deletes your texts or whatever, ghost yes. text yes. apps or whatever. And it's going to fester in the dark there only with the people who agree with them, but it's got a big enough reach yet that you might actually have these or these uh, demonstrations pop up. Mm-hmm. that people aren't prepared for. So, right. it, I mean, I guess that's that's the thing, right? Maybe maybe Antifa, maybe the left needs more moles who are willing yeah. to like at least keep tabs on these people as we chase them from out in the open down to poker game in the garage, you know, and make sure that that this information's still getting out. And again, like it's nice that their opsec is so bad because apparently that's possible. <laughs> it is possible, um, which like with the, especially with like the Blaze Bernstein case, that is like just fucking wild to me. But um, yeah, no, no it, I, can, I, can you explain that for the for the listeners who might not know? Uh, Blaze Bernstein happens to be was was he's been murdered, uh, was a gay Jewish college student who was murdered by someone. And the guy who killed him is being charged with a hate crime because uh, prosecutors and investigators found stuff on the killer's uh, computer that suggested he was anti-Semitic and homophobic. So they're throwing it in as a hate crime. Now, my beef with the way that this is being covered in most um, corporate-owned media um, is that, yes, it was absolutely a hate crime. This guy absolutely did kill Blaze Bernstein because he was gay and Jewish. What they left out is that he was part of a very violent, well-organized, white supremacist um, group called uh, Adam Waffen which apparently means, like, nuclear weapons in German. Right. Um, and so 
But yeah, they and hear... they're, they're the really bad guys. I mean, if you yes. if you look at their propaganda, if you look at yes. their uh, symbology, it literally is they are openly in favor of genocide against anybody who doesn't look like them. Um, yes. They're in favor of total war against what they perceive as, you know, degenerate Western culture and stuff. I mean, these are the scary mm-hmm. guys. Right. I yeah, mean, they're like on these... the level of like Iowa Republican Congressman Steve King, like right on that same <laughs> level. <right there. laughs> yes. Yes. But here's the thing is like this particular group, they've been linked to killings across the country and their members get together. I believe they, um, what, uh, what is the gaming app with the delete your messages? I forgot the oh, name of it, it now. Discord? I, yes. Yes. So they use that and they talk to each other and they're literally like bragging about like, um, you know, killing gay people and attacking uh, people of color and, you know, attacking trans people. And they, like this group, is spread across throughout the nation. And as far as I know, they've killed five or six people and one of their members got arrested for trying to blow up a nuclear fucking power plant in Florida. Right. Like, it's real. But the way the news is covering it is like, oh, this guy killed Blaze Bernstein because he's gay and Jewish and this guy is an anti-Semite and a homophobe. And it's like, he is... He's a lone wolf. But... He was mentally ill. <laughs> exactly. Like, yes, he is a homophobe. Yes, he is uh, an anti-Semite. But <laughs> he belongs to an entire network of people who share his views and encourage each other to uh, carry out these violent acts against marginalized groups. Like, we can't just focus on this guy as if he were an anomaly when he belongs to a group that is encouraging and teaching and giving tips and tricks on how to kill people, you know? It's the same thing with, uh, like, Jason Kessler is obviously a joke and he doesn't know how to organize a thing and uh matthew heimbach the one who uh ended up he's he's now in jail maybe or maybe he's out on bail for sleeping with his wife's oh, stepmother oh jesus or that you know, jerry that, springer shit yes yeah yeah exactly and oh then they got like a fist fight about right, it yeah. and it's, it's so tempting i think you're right phoenix that it's so tempting to focus on uh, the individuals involved, the people who make the big splash, who decide to be the spokespeople. But there are obviously like hundreds of people who are willing to take up that mantle who may might be a little bit more savvy about how right. to use social media. And that is incredibly dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. And, you know, that goes back to my thing that like I'm not ups- necessarily upset about people being kicked off social media, but please save the receipts so we know who to watch. Right. So like we need to watch this person. We need to see who they're affiliated with. We need to see what they're doing. We need someone to infiltrate their inner circles and see what's going on and bring back the screenshots because they're obviously not going. like obviously they want to be racist. Right. They want to be homophobic. They want to be transphobic. They want to be misogynist. So kicking them off social media isn't going to change that particular character trait of them because that's who they have chosen to be. That is who they want to be. So like deleting their Twitter isn't going to stop that. But if we do delete their Twitter, we need to make sure somebody is following them because this person has made it clear they're a threat to society, you know? But it's like people are just scared to acknowledge that for some reason, I guess. But we need to. You're right. And I think it ties back into the Rodney King stuff too because the theory... For so long, and if you look at Rodney King, that was 30 years ago now. Oh, Jesus, And <laughs> the end result is that even though there was video of it, all the cops got acquitted. Yeah. Like, nobody yeah. served any time for that crime. Yeah, absolutely. Except for Rodney King. Right. And everyone thought, well, now, though, we're in a new era, right, where mm-hmm. this is going to happen. There's going to be clear video, and that's going to solve the problem. But it doesn't actually solve the problem. Right. It just makes the problem more visible. Look at Philando Castile 
who was mm-hmm. he was literally like the perfect victim. If if the libs are looking for the perfect victim to right. take a stand on this issue, like a guy who was a a beloved uh like lunch lunch lady basically yeah. Um, yeah who was doing nothing what what do you call like a school lunch worker cafeteria worker he was a lunch bro bro a lunch bro <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know i i think uh i think if some of these other lunch lord. some of these other positions are going to be lunch gendered lord. like maybe we can let the lunch ladies have like everybody who works in a cafeteria is a lunch lady i'm not opposed i'm not opposed really <laughs> i'm down for it but if, if only we could ask philando Maybe he'd be yeah, able well, to give exactly. us some insight. Yeah. My my point is that if they were looking for a perfect victim, they had one in Philando Castile, and it still didn't move the needle in terms of like institutional reforms of these problems. Right. Well, because they don't because they don't see that as a problem. Like the people who are racist mm-hmm. gun lovers, they're like, oh no, systems systems working. They're they're fine yeah. with it. That's the problem is that the people who want to be like, openly racist or bigoted in any way against any group are going to do that. Like, so we can't change them. The actual problem lies with the majority of people who are complacent because they believe propaganda of, well, it's just a few bad apples, or this was just, uh, you know, an upsetting incident without right. realizing that this is how the system was created to act, you know? So it's like, no, Philando Castillo wasn't uh, a random victim. He was a standard victim, <laughs> You know, it's like and people don't want to acknowledge that because it's too upsetting, I think, to acknowledge the fact that everything you've been taught is basically bullshit, you know, and that these systems aren't just created to be good. They're actually created to be malicious. They are created to uh, thrive on punishment. Like it's something I say all the time is that like this white supremacist culture in America is based on sadism and making other people hurt. And you know, we don't want to acknowledge that. Like, police aren't here to protect us. They're here to hurt us. They're here to terrorize us. Like, you know. They're here to uphold the existing power structure. Absolutely. And the the existing power structure is a white supremacist, patriarchal one. Absolutely. And and capitalist one, by the way. Whew. And that's why it's more upsetting when Antifa breaks windows than when police shoot Antifa. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because that's a property crime versus a, a liberal... Uh, individualistic act. Right. right. Phoenix, I wanted to follow up just before we go to a break here. Yes. Uh, there was a story out of Oklahoma speaking to what you had to say about the importance of things being out in the open on social media. Yes. There was a story out of Oklahoma. It's like Achilles, except with that the S. So a, a chill or a kill. <laughs> I'm going to assume that it's a kill, Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, had to close their middle school. Yes. Because they have a trans student, a, a M2F trans mm-hmm. student, it transferred schools yeah. at her old school, used to use the uh, staff bathroom. Right. Uh, at her new school, didn't know which bathroom to use, so went to the women's bathroom mm-hmm. the way any woman would, which blew up, apparently, in this community's Facebook Involving, and I'm not going to read these uh, these Facebook posts because they are just—they're horrible. They're fucking horrible. They're, mm-hmm. they're disgusting. They're yeah. inhumane. But suffice it to say, you had a bunch of parents of middle schoolers in this district, yeah, who were making obvious and open violent threats mm-hmm. toward this student, dehumanizing her, calling her a thing and an mm-hmm. it. Uh, some 
news organizations censored out the, uh, you know, blurred out the names of these people. Right. And some didn't. And I think that I think that is just one of the most amazing things. I think it's a I think it's a very brave journalistic choice to go ahead and put these people's real names out there. These were public statements. These were public statements. And, you know, obviously our podcast, um, yes, we talk about things from a very black perspective, but 95% of what we cover is news and comment. Um, so I would just like to say one of the news sources I go to is um, pinknews.co.uk. They okay. are one of the outlets that published people's names. Okay. Like, they named names and they said, quote, local resident Jamie Crenshaw responded, responded by saying... And then, like, verbatim quote. Right. Like, and they're kind of hard for that, and I appreciate that. What gets me about this story is that it's like, y'all are openly promoting violence. Like, they're saying, like, I'll come deal with this situation. You know, this thing is in our schools. They're telling their kids, like, I'm going to tell my son to beat this thing, you know, to solve the problem. And it's yeah, like... In- encouraging in-school violence. Like, to, to the point that the school had to shut down for, like, a week. Because they were so worried about the consequences of what these parents were doing. I don't really do Facebook too much anymore, but um, I do operate a Facebook page. It's called Reading the Shade. Check it out. I post a lot of news there. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, now I posted this story and like I, I made a comment about like, and this is why all the white kids are the school shooters in our country. Like y'all promote violence at home and that has been reported multiple times. They haven't made me take it down yet. But it's coming. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, going back to the Twitter problem because it, that's you're you're one hundred percent right. That is how this hate gets handed down. You don't you weren't born being transphobic. Little kids have right. no fucking idea about gender or anything. Wait, which is like the wild thing to me about gender is like little kids don't even understand their own gender, right? Like, let alone somebody else's. We're like, no, you have this genital configuration. You have to like this color and do this activity or else. You need to play with Tonka trucks, not dolls or whatever. Oh, and there's tons of people who will literally do that to their kids and be like, if their son tries to pick up a Barbie, they will smack it out their hand and just be like, no, you know, that is not for you or whatever. So all that stuff gets forced upon them from a very, very young age. And it's just very sad. It's not even a young age. It's like literally before birth. That's why we have gender reveal parties. Like, I need to know what color clothes to buy your kid because they can't wear certain colors if they have certain genitals. Like, what? Yeah, absolutely. It's wild to me. And it's like incredibly horrific, but I'm glad that somebody documented it. And I'm glad somebody had the names because if some sort of harm does come to this student and it happens to be the children of one of these parents who was in this group, I think that should, it should be, but it won't be because, you know, I understand how the world works, but it should be taken into consideration when the child is punished. They should also look to the parents for promoting this type of hate speech and violent rhetoric at home because they're obviously very okay with physically abusing and assaulting a child. And I can't even imagine what would make somebody think that that's okay. But, you know, like, I'm glad it's documented because we need those receipts because somebody is going to do something to that kid. Somebody is. Whether it's a parent or a teacher or someone who lives by the school or a fellow classmate. And we need to be able to trace back um, not only who perpetuated violence against the student, but who encouraged it and hold everyone account yeah that's right where is it coming from and I, I think uh i think what you're describing is something like uh like rehabilitative justice or like truth and reconciliation right where uh mm-hmm. the the people who are uh, you know it, it'll be another student who's bullying this this trans right. student and 
without the context of you know this is a societal problem it's it's part of the way this person was this kid was brought up um right. you're you're just addressing i mean it's 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 a very like classical liberal approach to the problem um where like it was just this one individual acting on this other right. individual uh without that context of of this is a society so i also think it's just difficult to try to to, to try to like educate a student try to get into a sort of uh healing holistic process of making them consider things in a different way and being kinder to a trans student because no matter what you do during school hours, they still have to go home to those parents who are like, oh, that thing is still right. in your class. You should beat its ass. Yeah. You know, so it's like anything that they're doing in school or as a special project is going to be negated by the primary influence where they have to listen to all their, you know, family and friends and neighbors and relatives and godparents and uh, preachers and whoever else saying, no, this person isn't really a person. You should abuse them. You right. know, so it's like you, you can't fix the problem if you don't fix the root of the problem, you know? You're absolutely right. Well, uh, before we take our, our final break for the episode, I did want to shout out uh, apparently at Akil Middle School, the the day the school shut down, there were 20 middle schoolers who showed up as a protest. They showed up as a they showed up as a red block with uh, duct tape over their mouths um, to just to do the demonstration of solidarity for this student and say this is wrong. We're standing up to our community in a small town in Oklahoma. That takes yes. amazing courage and uh, liquid flannel, one hundred percent solidarity to all of these Absolutely. students. It's, it's outstanding. Yay! <laughs> let's take this one out on a high note. Let's mm. let's take a little break. And we will take this episode out on a high note, as if solidarity isn't a high enough note. Yeah, finally, we didn't have a super, super depressing lead-in to the uplifting ending. This is nice. I think our, our audience will appreciate this one. Ah, we're finally turning it around. <laughs> you know, it was a good start. The media showed up looking for some, some kind of albatross to hang around Trump's neck, and they didn't get it. Tommy, that's the bus driver. Hey, what's up, Tom? You there? Hey, man. Hey, what happened? I got fucking taken in and interrogated. They held me for like eight hours. Why? I don't even know what agency. Uh, uh, what? Why did they pull you in? Fuck if I know, man. They didn't tell me what agency it was. They didn't tell me anything. I think it was like some kind of black site or something. So, for my high note... Uh, I've really recently been watching some really shitty movies for kids <laughs> that I or that I thought were for kids and should be for kids, but actually maybe are not for kids. Are we talking about new movies or old movies? Because there are some old movies for kids that are totally not for kids. Well, that's, Last oh, that's Unicorn, true. Uh, uh, Dark Crystal, I would not yeah. show to a child. Yeah. yeah, you know, we I talked last week about how we watched Twister, and that was baller. Uh, totally holds up. <laughs> oh, man. But then uh, we were like, all right, let's get back into, like, the modern, you know, movies, uh, some terrible movies for kids to watch. So we watched Rampage with The Rock, where he, The Rock, like, <laughs> in a giant gorilla fight monsters oh, yeah. or whatever. Yes. Based, yes. On the, based on the old uh, Nintendo Entertainment System <laughs> right. video game. Yes. Video game. 
And we were like, oh, it's just like a fun movie and like a gorilla will punch people in the face or whatever. That, I don't know who the demographic for that movie is because it's it seems like it would be like eight-year-olds, but I guess it was actually like 16-year-olds. <laughs> this is like one of the most violent movies I've ever seen in my life. Well, like, that seems yeah. that seems wrong to me too. It seems like the audience would be like... 35 year olds who actually played the original game and wanted to see that made into a movie i'm just here for the 35 year old demographic because i saw that movie and i liked it but i would never show it to a child (laughs) (laughs) well we thought it was like it's rated pg-13 and we're like that's not bad right and like but like they found a loophole where they were like hey turns out movie ratings don't like violence when it's like people and real stuff but when it's just big scary monsters you just rip their spines out and like drink the blood or whatever like that's fine it's totally cool to do that if they're monsters it doesn't count if they're monsters yeah and also no cursing there wasn't a lot of cursing in the movie and i think that (laughs) probably helped with the rating oh dude there was like there was a a lot actually there was there was way more than i expected not that we really really care about cursing in the movie but i was just like every time they'd be like oh shit i'd be like oh really like did you like this isn't snakes on a plane like either go well, all the way uh, or, or just just don't isn't that isn't that so bizarre though from the movies that we grew up with right because uh like back to the future has martin mcfly saying shit multiple times right. um mm-hmm. like jaws i think was rated pg because it didn't have i mean that that movie has titties and swearing and a bunch mm-hmm. of blood in it. Oh. And I think it was still rated PG. This is this is my favorite movie rating fact. If you're a PG-13 rated movie, you could say shit a fair number of times. You could say other mild swears, but you can only <laughs> say fuck once. Well, and which you which is the stupidest rule because it's like that basically makes it so that you can't like just say it in a in a subtle way. Why would you waste your fuck? You have to like do it in the most ostentatious way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the music like scene. builds to a climax, and <laughs> yeah. then like zoom in on the character, and he just says, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, instead of like making it so it's like, oh, it's just how people talk, and that's just what people say, you know, when they're getting attacked by monsters or whatever. It's like, we just have to make sure that it's like a big deal and everyone hears it. It's so stupid. You know, I did think, though, that they had a really great, like, anti-capitalist message. Because, you know, the people who made those monsters were pretty fucking evil. Yeah, that was that was actually pretty interesting. You know, it was a real, uh, you know, story of what the dangers of deregulation, you know, when you're doing your your mutant (laughs) monster research in in space. That was a bad, they shouldn't have been allowed to do that, you know? Yeah, and then, like, I'm actually mad, because, you know, we uh, bought the DVD, because he just, my partner just buys DVDs, like, (laughs) I'm I'm probably going to like it, let's just buy it. Like, all right. You're going to want to watch the commentary, for sure, you know, that's Yeah, but uh, one of the... It was hilarious because one of the deleted scenes was the um, brother or sister team that uh, owned the company that was making these monsters. And she kind of had like a little monologue and I was a little upset they cut it because it just like went further into her like uh, corrupted, selfish, like money grabbing nature where she was just like, so what if some people die? So what if they ruin Chicago? We can build another Chicago. We'll be able to afford to build 50 Chicagos. Who cares how many people die? Like, I was like, oh my God, cold hearted, you know? 
I was like, kind of sad they cut that scene from the movie. That's weird. The movie execs didn't like that one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, it's crazy. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but yeah, to make up for uh, you know the anti-capitalism, uh, we also watched Ready Player One, which was <laughs> which was oh, perfect God. for for eleven year olds or whatever. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> they they loved it. It was ridiculous. Yeah, how many how many references did your kids actually catch in that movie? Because that is absolutely a movie that was made for people our age. I mean, it was in a way, but it also was, I think it was actually made, I think Spielberg did a good job of not making it so that the movie was like, hey, like, if you don't know about this reference, you're dumb or whatever. But mm-hmm. just throwing it out there and being like, oh, this is a cool thing. That's like, maybe you haven't heard of this. It's, it's so cool. Go watch old Spielberg movies and give me money. <laughs> nice. I haven't I never, seen that I one, never so. actually, yeah, I didn't see the movie, but I was preemptively pissed off about it because apparently at some point somebody uses the Iron Giant as their, like, in-game avatar uh, <laughs> and turn, turns him into an actual gun, uh, <gasps> which was... Exactly the opposite of what the point of the Iron Giant, the story, and the movie were about. So I, I'm boycotting as a as a lifelong <laughs> Iron Giant lover. You know, it worked. It worked. It worked in the in the show. Uh, I I was worried about that. I thought it was cool. I actually by the end of it, I was bummed that the Iron Giant didn't go into like full fifties robot attack mode because. I was like, that actually would be pretty sweet or whatever, you know. If he was fighting for, you know, internet justice, you know, it's okay, right? Yes. Well, I think we're going to circle back around uh, to movies, but my high note this week is this amazing email that went out from the organizers from the National March Against Far Left Violence, uh, which apparently that's a thing, speaking of... Uh, OPSEC and making sure that the left knows what's coming up next. But uh, I call it, it, hippie, it turns out, hippie violence, the original name. <laughs> hippie violence, yes. It, it, it turns out that it doesn't matter that much because this side is eating itself without any interference from the left. Uh, this email went out. Dear Patriot, if you are receiving this email, it is because we have not yet received payment for the t-shirt you ordered for the National March Against Far Left Violence. Until we receive your payment, your name and address will be posted on our website. What? The and then there's a yeah, and then and then there's a web address. And so yeah, the these people who are making t-shirts for the fash decided that because people had ordered t-shirts but we're not paying for them yet. We're just going to put all of your names and addresses out there. They're self-doxing at this point, including Look, all their I email addresses. Is- I never want to fucking hear anybody say, but the left eats its own ever again. <laughs> like, ever. I don't even know if there's any more to say about that. That's my high note. I just <laughs> I just love this story. I loved seeing these screenshots of the emails that went out. I love that the, you all the of these best people... The, the t-shirt is like, what is it, like $30 plus $10 shipping and handling? or like Yeah, that's right, yeah, $40 like t-shirt. And it's so ugly, it looks like they made it in like MS Paint, and like, it was like a challenge, it was like, can you design this t-shirt in under 20 seconds, go! Yeah, it is It is absolute <laughs> garbage, it, it probably will end up being the, the image that we put up on SoundCloud uh, for this episode, because it's so bad. Yeah, it's like this, uh... 
this shield, kind of like outline shield with a little American flag kind of copy pasted in, and then a bunch of arrows bouncing off of it. Like uh, it's like it's like looking at a, a PowerPoint slide, like midway through that, somebody's PowerPoint. You might be oh, thinking no. arrows like like bows and arrows, but they're like oh, no. they're like stock chart arrows or something. Like, I don't. It's so weird. <laughs> That's uh, it's horrible. So that actually um, now reminds me of a book I saw that was written by like some right wingers. I think it was actually called Safe Spaces, <laughs> and it was like I, I I will actually try to find it just so I can like send it to y'all because it's fucking hilarious. Um, it's like uh, this uh, right winger fiction writing duo, you know, dynamic duo, and it's like. Uh, student, I forgot his name, John Doe is on campus. As a former Marine, he doesn't understand these liberal spaces, but when terrorists take over the campus, you know, nobody is safe. And, like, literally that's how they fucking wrote the description of the book, and it's called Safe Spaces. And it's hilarious to me. Um, which I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I, I'm gonna take a second, I'm gonna Google it, because it's funny, if Dude, I may. I'm about to pitch this movie to Mark Wahlberg right now, I'm like, bro, <laughs> it's like Die Hard in a, a school. There are so <sighs> many movies that are gonna come out of just this, just this part of American history, just this, like, two or three year slice. I mean, the, uh... Uh, I, I'm looking forward to the the Ken Burns documentary on mm. the way the alt right completely crumpled in on itself because it turned out that uh, like half of the people were sleeping with their stepdad's stepmother or whatever. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. gonna be great. Which, uh, which all of these, uh, you know, footage of of uh, uh, like 25 terrified dudes hanging out on a gazebo in Boston. Uh, surrounded by a sea of 10,000 counter-protesters. I think that's good for them. It builds character. Yeah? Well, they they need it. They do. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I'm, like, trying to find this book, and I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, that's fine. Just I was just trying up. to fill time there. Now, I know, I know. But I was like, oh, but it's so funny. Come There's on. The, no, it's cool. The internet Go is for just it, too inundated with safe spaces. <laughs> There's You'll too many safe to spaces. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, oh, my bad. It's called trigger warning. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Oh, that's, that's better, that's better. And the, the byline is, there are no safe spaces. Oh, <laughs> they got them both. Yeah. Apparently they've never heard of a website called twitter.com. Uh, you know, you know. Um, let me see if I can find the, uh... The description because it's it's like it's so hilarious it, it's well worth it um that's fine man we we heavily edit anyway yeah i think that's i'm like oh we always go live oh my god i'm taking up all this time i wasn't nah, ready you're good wasn't prepared. this is no bad <laughs> this is no good oh come on now i'm hoping you'll come back on the show this has been a fucking blast oh absolutely Dude. this is fun i love did it did you guys fucking see speaking of terrible movies that Michael Bay is producing a Dora the Explorer movie where what? Dora the Explorer oh, is the like live a action sexy Dora? high school student or whatever. Yes, yeah. live action Dora. Wait, isn't the whole appeal of Dora the Explorer that she's age appropriate for her audience? Those and... kids grew up, Matt. They're old now. They're, they're old now. They're, they're, now they're the tweens. And they have so much money to spend at the movies. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um... 
political correctness won't save you. (laughs) From the best-selling authors of the Doomsday Bunker, Black Friday, and Stand Your Ground, comes the explosive (laughs) story... (laughs) Stop it. Stop laughing. (laughs) Comes the explosive story of a college under siege and freedom under fire. Dot, dot, dot. Former Army Ranger Jake Rivers is not your typical Kelton college student. He's not spoiled, coddled, or an ultra-lib like his classmates who sneer at the, quote, soldier <laughs> What's boy. What's an ultra-lib? Oh oh, what the fuck is an ultra-lib? <laughs> I don't know. In the far future, the ultra-libs patrol the streets with an iron fist. <laughs> Rivers is not, quote, triggered by microaggressions. He is not outraged by male privilege and cisgender bathrooms. He does not need a quote-unquote safe space. Or coloring books. Jake needs an education. And when terror strikes, the school needs Jake. Without warning, the sounds of gunfire plunge the campus into a battle zone. A violent gang of marauders. Who the fuck is saying marauders in 2018? <laughs> Are they space pirates? <laughs> space pirates. Uh, this is a person who is a huge fan of Game of Thrones. That's literally the only place that that word appears anymore. <laughs> uh, marauders invade the main hall, taking students hostages for big ransom money. As a veteran and patriot, Jake won't give in to their demands. But to fight back, he needs to enlist his fellow classmates to school these special snowflakes in the not-so-liberal art of war. This time, the aggression isn't micro. It's life or death, and only the strong survive. Live free, read hard. Somebody wrote that! That is a fucking book and you can buy it on Amazon! Why? He was gonna shoot up the, the, all the libs at the school, but then the terrorists attacked. So they're all gonna be thanking him later. Yeah, wait. I'm I'm unclear on the plot of this story. Uh, it, it, it are the uh, like the Marxist uh, snowflake libs? Are are they? They're collaborating apparently with the invading terrorists, or they're the no, same no, no. group. They were taken hostage, but Jake is going to re-educate them into being patriots right. so they can take down the terrorists. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, dude, stop bringing your bazooka to school. Like, that's not cool." <laughs> And he was like, I'll show them. They're going to be so thankful that I brought my bazooka today when Bin Laden, you know, attacks. Ultra Bin Laden. Someone's going to rewrite this book just from the other perspective. And it literally is just going to be like a, like, uh, you know, like Jamie was a normal college student hanging out on, on campus. And then one day... This guy with a Kekistan flag hanging out of his backpack <laughs> decided to take everybody hostage and decide that he was freeing them all from, uh, like, leftist indoctrination. Right. Yeah. That would actually be probably be a much better story. Oh, that sounds so good. I, I, I almost want to have you read the uh, the one for Stand Your Ground, but I want to keep this in high note territory. So. Oh, yeah. Right, right. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure how that will go. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, do we want to talk about why you can't say things to childless people on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's try to have that conversation. Let's try to turn it into a high note. Let's okay. let's see if we can do this. This will be a an improv exercise for us. Ah, yes. All right. So, um, I'd like I have to like I guess uh, backtrack it right. So on Twitter, I talk about my podcast. I talk about politics and news like ninety five percent of the time. So I'm constantly talking about, like, 
the neo-Nazis are doing this. This is what the GOP is doing. This is what the Democrats are doing. This is why the resistance should be called the assistance. You know, um, here's an oil spill. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I call them the assistants because that's just who they are. Oh, it's so Um, good. (laughs) You know, like, here's an oil spill and here's, you know, like, here's what Black Lives Matter is doing. You know, like all that kind of stuff. So, it's funny to me when people blow up my mentions over something that's not political because that's the high majority of my stuff, you know? And somebody made a tweet or a Twitter thread and was talking about, you know, it's frustrating when you have kids, if you go to a movie theater and ask someone to, like, switch a seat with you so your whole family can sit together. And people got really, like, high-key offended about this for some reason. And I was saying, like, you're entitled, and, you know, you shouldn't uh, expect people to move for you, and, like, fuck the kids, and, you know. I'm sure was- they started using those those horrible phrases that they use, like, uh, like crotch fruit, and, uh, <laughs> what are the, yeah, just, uh, the, the child-free movement uh, is, is very much like the, uh, like the new atheist movement, right? Yes. Where if you, like, it, it was, it was made to get out of uh sort of a an, an overarching social pressure uh, mm-hmm. and it's gone completely the other direction yes. um so that we're we're opposed to you shouldn't be breeding you absolutely yeah. should not be doing this right and it was just wild to me to see people you know, like saying things like you know just because you chose to breed an entire summer camp full of children it's like how many oh, babies fuck? do you think people have like have you been to a summer camp because yeah, I mean, not even the 19 kids and counting people have bred a summer camp, like, come on now. <laughs> and they take breeding kind of serious, yeah. you know? Yeah, they're like set <laughs> records out there. Oof, Ugh, quiverful. Ugh. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but it's like, you know, people say that, and like, nobody made you breed, and it's like, I guess we don't need nuance when we make that kind of commentary, because everyone has access to comprehensive sex education, birth control, and abortion clinics. Right. right. Yeah. There are no. Uh, there are like, no societal issues going on none, with uh, whether or not people are are having children responsibly. Nope. None. And so you know, it's like that. And then just like you know, I'm not uh, moving for you and your pack of wild hyenas. And I was like, who calls children what wild hyenas? Uh, fucking Donald Trump does. By the way, he he calls uh, <sighs> calls Omarosa a dog on Twitter, and everyone's yes. like, that's racist. And all of his followers are like. Dog isn't racist. That's not a race. <laughs> Dog isn't a race. Hashtag owned. <laughs> oh, man. They will. It doesn't matter what he does. They're going to just. And, like, I wish people would just be honest. Like, stop saying he's racist to try to convince them. And stop telling people that you can be convinced. You can't be convinced. You don't want to be convinced. Like, just fucking admit it. I, I hate to even have it brought up on the show because this isn't going to come out for like three days. But everyone was talking about the the N word tape. If mm-hmm. there if there is like a, a tape of him using the hard R, you know what what's the impact going to be? And it's like, well, the impact's going to be nothing. Everybody's already made up their minds, you know? right? Like the uh, the people who were like, he said, grab him by the what? That's my right. guy. Yeah, guys, like uh, what the um. Essential Park Five are not guilty. Kill him anyway. That's yep. my guy. Like yep. you know, like it doesn't. Uh, Obama is a Kenyan usurper Muslim here to ruin. Right, yeah. That's my it's, guy. It's going like, to change. What? It's going to change zero minds yeah. if that comes out. You know, uh, 
you know, I'm I'm still gonna be, you know, I'm still gonna be, you know, excited if the if the tape comes out though, because it's just one more brick in the wall of like, you know, when you just say like Trump's just totally racist, and they're like, well, he no, he's not, you know, you can't you can't prove that or whatever. It's just like that's mm-hmm. just one more brick in the in the racism wall over there. It well, is. that's true. I mean, I guess a, a part of the the benefit would be you can use it as an attack ad against anybody who's been. You can't. Can you imagine Democrats just playing the N the N word tape in their in their political <laughs> ads? Somehow, I don't see that going down. I think a lot of Democrats no, no. would secretly like to. I mean, <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be more like a you know Democratic ad, Democratic super PAC ad runs mm-hmm. in uh, like. I don't know, not maybe like Virginia or something. It'll be, uh, you know, Donald Trump has used racial slurs in the past and then a little like bleeped version of the video. And Mm -hmm. then like, you know, Jack Soup, your state representative is running for Congress. Like and here are three clips of him supporting Donald Trump. Absolutely. Yeah. And and they'll play that and go like, you know, Jack Soup apparently stands for, you know, calling black people the N word. Um, don't, you know, vote, vote for, vote for whoever the fuck we're running. It's like, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I can see that. I could definitely see that. Which is like, vote blue no matter who. Like, yeah. Oh, how, yeah. how inspiring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Well, <laughs> That's, uh, you know, we had an article from the New Republic today that was like, um, it, it, it Democrats shouldn't be leaning into identity politics. They should be, uh, uh, no, it wasn't the New Republic. It was the other one. The other, uh, the, yeah, the no, it Republic. wasn't the New Republic. Uh, fucking Federalist or something. Oh. Um, <laughs> like, I, I love, uh, I love that all of these conservatives are coming out of the woodwork to give advice to the Democratic Party about how they need to conduct themselves in the 2018 midterms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that that's being done in good faith. Absolutely. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, I actually want to keep an eye on the um, Rhode Island races, because for some reason I got, like, stuck down a rabbit hole of looking at the Democratic Party in Rhode Island, and they are wild. So yeah, I want to keep an eye on those races. They um, apparently just <laughs> endorsed a bunch of like former um, white male candidates over all the female incumbents, basically. And like every single person they endorsed has a criminal record. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like they like they endorsed a guy who was accused of um, rape. They endorsed a guy who uh, was accused of like harboring a fugitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, endorsed a guy who um, uh, was like charged with vehicular manslaughter Jesus. and like eight, like six DUIs or some shit. <laughs> like that was, I was wow. like, really? That's what you guys went. All right, okay. I'm gonna say I'm I'm 100 percent in favor of harboring fugitives. I, that's that's fine with me. But well, the, I, the rest I don't of that appre- is beyond the pale. It's I can't get with the do. organized crime fugitives, like, like, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, the, okay. like, yeah, like, like mob. No, that wasn't like it was like Antifa. Like he was doing like some shit. Like no, it was like some mobsters who were like just got out of prison on like tax evasion and then immediately <laughs> like went and killed somebody. <laughs> no, just Jesus. like the founding fathers imagined. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> I'm not gonna oh, lie. Yeah. I forgot Rhode Island was a state until you started talking about it. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a it's it's a wild uh it's a wild game out there in Rhode Island. So yeah, I wanna see how their midterms go. Can you believe Rhode Island has as many senators as California? Right. <laughs> that's just that's, something's not right there, you know. Yeah, Rhode Oof. Island, Wyoming. I mean, I, I love Montana. <laughs> I lived there for a couple of years, but uh there's no reason for them to have as many senators as say, you know, New York or Texas. Right. I mean We should probably get rid of the Electoral College, too, while we're here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I wish I could see a Democrat doing that, but that would actually, like, take some some guts to do. (laughs) You know what's funny is, um, you know who's actually trying to get a foothold in the the Democratic Party and do that is Nancy Pelosi's daughter, and that's why Nancy Pelosi never puts her daughter on for shit. (laughs) Oh. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, if, if Nancy Pelosi's daughter runs as, like, a progressive champion and then they just, like, <laughs> replace Nancy Pelosi with Nancy Pelosi's daughter or whatever? Like, that? that's a girl. They should do that. That'd I'd be, be more interested in that. watching how Nancy Pelosi utilized the Democratic machine against her own daughter <laughs> yes. to make sure that she doesn't get elected uh, over, over some, you know, like, bank-affiliated, like, white 50-year-old. There was a really great uh, trend lately where it was like uh, Republicans can no longer count on the support of their direct family members because (laughs) there's like that guy, (laughs) that guy's son is just like, donate to my dad's opponent because he's a piece of shit. And like Stephen Miller's uncle being like, fuck this kid. Everyone in the family hates him. Yeah, everybody hates my nephew. Yeah. There's like there's another guy running, and his parents uh, donated the maximum contribution to his opponent, and like because he was on the record as being a Democrat, and then he's like, now I feel the need to be a Republican, and he ran, and his parents like took out an ad campaign against him and shit. (laughs) Holy shit! Don't vote for our son. And he wrote like this angry op-ed about it on Fox News. It was it was fucking beautiful. It's a toxic brand, man. Uh, I, I think uh, I think Phoenix, we might have to have you back on after the midterms and uh, yes, help us yes. help us deconstruct some of this stuff. Uh, I, I think we've uh, I think we've kind of run over time here. I'm going to wrap this one. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, Phoenix Kalita, thank you yes. so much for joining us on this show. It's been amazing. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug while you were here? Oh, sure. Uh, you can check out our podcast. It is called The Black Podcast with Wine Cellar Media. We are on pretty much every podcast app, iTunes, Stitcher, Podkicker, Podbean, so on and so forth. You can also check us out at our website, winecellarmedia.com. And please feel free to follow me on Twitter. My at is uppitynegris, two P's, two T's, two S's, and you can hear me talk about all the shit I talk about. It doesn't sound like she's ever done that before. (laughs) That was so... Did you just make all that up? That was amazing. (laughs) I mean, you make it up every time, but then after so many times, it's kind of like, yeah, I got them all. got all the things, yes. Well, it's been a pleasure. Brendan Williams, you were also on Twitter, yes. At Brendan Williams with one L. And follow the show at liquid underscore flannel. I'm Matthew Hodges. I am on Twitter at Matt the Great with a W. Also follow my other show. Uh, it's the Breadline. It's leftist food issues. We're on Twitter at the Breadline Pod. 
Thank you so much again, Phoenix, for being with us. Thank you. Oh, can I tell you one more funny thing? Heck yes. Yeah. Uh, I told William, who is my partner, life partner and podcast partner, that I was coming on the show and he's like, what's the name of the show? <laughs> and he went and looked at the account and he's like, is this like some like proletariat whiskey? Is this, what, like, what are they doing? Yeah. Oh. They sound like a proletariat whiskey brand. Dude, it works. All right, as, it works. As, ex- as explained to me, <laughs> when Brendan and Chuck started the show, they didn't know what to call it. So they uh-huh. got a random name generator online okay. and just clicked it until it popped up with liquid flannel, which was like, okay, okay yeah, that's that's yeah, pretty close. So yeah, so, so uh, we the wine sellers suggest that liquid flannel should start a uh, whiskey brand. Power to the people. Oh damn, I'm into it, Brendan. You in? Yeah. You've got yeah. you've got base in the space, right? Yeah, I'm putting my bass up up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being with us. We will talk to you next week for episode 100. Oh, my God.